Heavy metal is an acid trip at a multicultural buffet as a glutton. Here we have heavy metal, uh, sci-fi fantasy, um, animated adventure film. Uh, there's a lot of different directors for different scenes, which will make sense in a bit. A lot of different writers, a lot of different voice actors. Uh, I will mention we've got uh, John Candy and Eugene Levy amongst those voice actors. Uh, it was released in 1981, so let's get into it. Heavy metal. It's cool dorky, racy, fantastical, fun, and varied. And I'll go through what I mean by those things in a second. No spoilers in this one at all. Um, so basically, it is based off of the magazine Heavy Metal. Uh, <clears throat> so this film, and there's one after it, actually, Heavy Metal 2000, which I have not watched yet. I don't have it yet. But uh, I, will, I will find it, and maybe I'll do a review on that. We'll see. Anyway, um, so my history with Heavy Metal the Magazine, uh, I only started reading it about a year or two ago. And I had heard a long time ago from a person or two that they thought it's something I'd be into. And I was like, eh. Like, I looked at one one time, and I was like, I don't know why you think I'd be into this. Um... But then, I don't know, I came across some some other time, and I was like, you know what, I think I think I should check these out. And uh, there was someone selling a whole bunch, and I didn't have the money to buy all of them. But anyway, I've been collecting them here and there. So, uh, and I have been into them, and there's some really cool stuff in there, especially those older ones. I don't know how the newer ones fare. Uh, most of mine are from the 80s, uh, a few from the 90s. I think I've got some 70s ones in there as well in the collection, but I don't have all that many. So... It originated in France, and then, uh, I don't remember, like, this is just the direct translation, I guess, was Heavy Metal. I can't remember the name of it in France. But this this magazine that was mostly, um, well, I can show you some of it here, but uh, it, it is, the tagline is the Adult Illustrated Fantasy Magazine. Um, so there's some color pieces, some black and white, um, mostly comic style Right. Oh, my bookmark fell out. That's no good. Um, there, there's an adult nature to some of them, and some some of the stories not so much. So there's also some really cool writing in there, like short fiction from like Ray Bradbury, and um, oh, there was another author that I read something of in there, and I can't remember. But there's like original short stories in there. They have interviews with like people in cinema and, and writers and artists and whatever. So um, I, I like it. It's kind of cool. The movie wasn't something that I, I just had on my radar for a long time. And I was like, I knew it was a thing and I'd seen it around here and there. But uh, then I, I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to put it on my list. I'm going to grab it. So anyway, enough about that. Um, when I talk about fantasy, it's more specifically sword and sorcery type fantasy. However, um, it's got sci-fi elements as well, for sure. The thing that's really cool that I like about this this movie um, is that... So they're trying to create like an anthology feel and combine a bunch of different stories. Stories that are based off of uh, stories in the magazine. So some of these stories that get printed in the magazine run for like many issues. And you have to like continue the story. It starts in one issue and then like 10 issues later is when it finishes. 
right? Some of them are just told in that, in that issue and that's it, but there's definitely ones in there that are longer. So they wanted to give this, this movie, this feel of like, let's have like six or seven different stories in here. That'll be really cool. We'll have different directors. How do we tie it all together though? And what I really think is unique about this is that our protagonist for the whole thing is this thing called the Lochnar, which is this green glowing orb, and it is just the sum of all evil, basically. It travels across the universe. Um, it is basically this, this temptation to, to people who come across it, or things who come across it, beings, and uh, they, they take it, and, and then it... it it corrupts them and bad things happen. And so all these stories revolve basically around, again, they're taken originally, they're inspired by original stories from the magazine throughout the years, but these stories changed a little bit and they revolve around like this, this Lochnar and how someone is in possession of it or loses it or gains possession of it. And basically the, the opening sequence is really cool. It has this, Basically, astronaut dude, he comes home after what looks like a hard day's work or something. He comes home, and he has the orb with him, and he opens it. His daughter's there, but this orb, like, completely eviscerates him. And then basically is telling the daughter, like, I am all super evil. Look at me. Check me out. These are all things I've done. And then goes into these different stories. Um, I like that. I think it's a, a unique concept I haven't seen much of uh, represented at all. And this whole thing was really new to me. Just like, if you want to call it adult animation, in a way, is not something that I have a lot of experience with. Um, there's a few sex scenes in here, but they're not graphic by any means. You see some, like, some, some top nudity, if you want to call it that, um, for a couple seconds. And then you know what kind of happens, and then it's over. Um, so it has that element in there, but it's not about that. These are stories about adventure, again, sci-fi, fantasy. Um, like I said, it can, it can get a little racy at times, but, but I think it's still pretty mild. Um, they're really fun. There's some humor injected into here for sure. And I say it's cool and dorky. And one of the things that they really um, did well here is that, like, this is before it was cool to be a nerd, right? This is when, like, it was associated with these, these dorks who, like, weren't cool at all. They're just sitting around playing D&D &D and they have no friends other than themselves in high school. They're not popular. They get made fun of. Um, they're misunderstood, right? And and this is in that era. And this was like thing, this thing was like made for them and something that they could latch onto. And this magazine, like a lot of those people like they were into that culture. And this magazine was, was just for them. And part of it, I like how they talk about this in, in the extras and stuff during like in the making of behind the scenes kind of uh, section is that they discuss how like this is fantasy. This is like, yes, we've got these these women in here and these men in here, too, that are like the ideal man or ideal woman of that time that they thought of. And it's just like this is just one run on fantasy. Like this is what if you were the scrawny little adolescent or high school kid or whatever um this would be your fantasy to be this big buff guy who gets like the ladies or whatever and that's kind of represented here in a lot of ways and it's cool because like it, it there's like this element of the underdog and sometimes just like the underdog kind of being the hero right and that's that's represented here a lot but um there's 
there's a lot of cool things happening, and I'm not going to go into to the stories really themselves. But yeah, we've got sci-fi elements. We've got almost like a, a new take on like a, at that time new, but I mean a different take on like a film noir, like kind of detective style thing that I thought was really cool. Um, you know, the, these elements of like certain places in, in the world, but in the future, off the planet, whatever. Like it's, it's a lot of different cool stuff. Uh, I really enjoy it. So if you're into like old school, nerdy, dorky, fantasy, sci-fi type stuff, you don't mind some animated breasts for a few seconds um, or that kind of adult content, I guess, um, then then I would say this is for you. I, I would say it, it's, it's, uh, it's something really unique. And I wonder how many other things are there out there like this. And if you if you know of things, point me in that direction other than Heavy Metal 2000, I'm not really sure what's in this vein, and maybe there's a whole subculture of stuff like this, but it was just done really well, and it took me to a place that, like, I was, I want to get, I want to watch it again and be more focused and more lost in it, because I was um, just not 100% focused on it, because I didn't expect, I don't know what I expected, but it, it was magical, and I definitely got the vibe, I got the feel from it, it did so well at just representing this subculture, time and place, and also being kind of timeless. Like some of these stories, I, I feel like like are timeless, which is key and, and awesome. And that's the thing, we're talking about 1981. The animation and stuff like that isn't what we're used to today for CGI and, and, and computer graphic stuff. And like, it, it still holds up though. Um, the way that it was done, it just has this feeling and, and every piece has a slightly different feel too with animation, but it, it's not cringy to watch. Like it, it takes you back to, a, or takes you, maybe not back, but takes you to a certain place and the animation is part of that. The storytelling is part of that. Like it, it, it is retro. It has that vibe, but it doesn't feel like a pain to watch. Whereas sometimes you watch a really old movie and you're like, man, this thing like we've come a long way, you know, <laughs> and uh, it could be so much better. But this, I wouldn't change it, you know. Like, like I, I'm really curious about that updated version, the Heavy Metal 2000. I'm curious as to what that's like because I know it's it's um, a different story, I believe, or maybe taking off on one story. I don't know if it has that anthology feel. Anyway, is it important? I would say for this genre, it's important. Uh, what is this genre, right? Like. Uh, I would say that that I think that it influenced some things that came after it. Uh, I think that it is a touchstone for a reason and a part of that subculture for a reason. And like it's it it's something that I knew about before really knowing anything about it for a reason. Like it was just in the zeitgeist, right? Like I knew that it was there, but I didn't know why. And I didn't have anyone in my life that was really like like that had seen it that I'm aware of, right? That, that could pass it down to me. Uh, it's pretty high on my shelf. I love the unique feel that this thing brings and I don't have anything like it. Um, and the stories are cool. And that's all, I don't know, they're dorky and they're cool. And like, you have to, I don't know. If you, It's one of those things that if you don't know what I mean, watch it. Like it's dorky and cool. And um, I don't know what else to say about it. Heavy metal, it's... It's got its own flavor. It's its own thing. I don't know where they're drawing their influences from. And if you can go back to that and say like, oh yeah, there's other stuff like it. 
or how many things that influenced after that are just like it or adjacent in that time. I think that that it represents the magazine really well and it does a really cool thing as a movie with having this anthology feel but tying it all together with the Lochnar. I like that a lot. Uh, it's something that I I know that I'm going to watch more. Like I'm, I'm going to, yeah. Um, heavy metal. Oh, how do we not talk about the music? The soundtrack that's in there is really cool too because you've got you've got these like uh, 70s and 80s rock. Blue Oyster Cult is in there. I can't even remember. Maybe some Black Sabbath. Some of that stuff too that at the time was heavy metal, uh, which I just called classic rock now. But anyway, I've said enough. Watch it if you're into that thing. And if you don't know what that thing is, watch it anyway.